Go ahead and take out your Bible this evening. We're going to be in a few different places. Turn first to John 14. John 14. So uh, does anybody remember the question we answered last week? That's right. What's the answer to the question? Why? Listen, these are tough questions. I realize that. These, are, these last two, these two weeks are very heavy. And uh, stuff we really don't want to face sometimes as believers. Uh, but what is the reason? Why do people go to hell? They reject Christ. Okay. They reject Christ. We all have sin, and that sin deserves a punishment, we learn, from a holy, just God. And that is the reason uh, people uh, don't go to hell uh, because they're of a certain religion or go to a certain church. It is our sin that deserves punishment. And if we don't receive Jesus and His forgiveness, well, we have to pay for that ourselves. And, and that was the answer uh, to that question. Uh, this week, we're going to answer the question, why is Jesus the only way to heaven. Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Next week, we're going to get into, uh, this is one that we ask in various forms. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why do the circumstances we have in our life take place? What's the reason for it? Why? 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 Uh, the, then we're going to have our uh, church business meeting and Pastor Bryce is going to uh, teach, but uh, we're going to uh, come back and have a message on why should Christians read and follow the Bible? Why? What's the reason behind that? Uh, and then uh, I want to get some input from you all, uh, so be thinking about your why question. What, what question do you want to ask God? And uh, I'm going to try and answer that on March 22nd when we get there. Uh, but everyone, let's open up our Bibles to John 14. <clears throat> All right, we're going to start reading in verse 1. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Verse 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus is talking about the fact that he is going to leave, and he's going to go and prepare a place. You know, uh, We know he's speaking about heaven. We know he's speaking about the future. He's going to prepare a place, and he's going to come again, uh, and he's going to receive them to go where he's at. And Thomas is saying, Jesus, I, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know the way, how, we don't know how to get there. How are we going to get where you're going? And then we have this famous, extremely crystal clear verse by Jesus. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. Thomas said, how can we know the way? We don't know how, where you're going, how to get there. Jesus says, I 
am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. How many of you have heard that verse before tonight? Raise your hand. Okay. The Bible is crystal clear. So clear. The offer of eternal life, forgiveness, and a future in heaven is exclusively offered through Jesus alone. It's exclusive. Uh, today we, we talk about being inclusive and we talk about being welcoming and open to all. It, we have to understand, and it, it's many call it intolerant or bigoted or uh, just closed-minded, but the Bible is so clear and Jesus is so clear that there is no way that anyone is going to get to the Father outside of one way, and He's the way. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus and His offer of salvation, it's exclusive. That means it's, it's the only one among all others. There, there's no other possible way. So we have to ask ourselves, and this is, this is very serious. We, well, what about the Catholics? What, what about somebody that, that believes that grace is conferred upon you by keeping of certain sacraments and behaviors? There are some that believe that, like we did this morning, the taking of communion, uh, that, that that is something where if you do it, that's how you receive God's grace. Uh, there, there are some that believe that salvation comes through confessing of your sin to a person. Uh, the Bible does say, 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's one go-between. There's only one way for a man to get to God, and that's through Christ. You think about, what about Mormons? What about Hindus? What about Buddhists? What about good everyday people that are just trying to be kind in the world? How, is, is there another way? No. There's not another way. The Bible is so emphatic that no, there is not another way. I want you to turn your Bible in the, uh, to the book of Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter 4, Pastor Tony is getting there. He's uh, almost there in his series where Peter begins to preach in the book of Acts. And uh, here in Acts, Peter is preaching Acts 4 verse number 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Look in verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven. None other name. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not Joseph Smith. There's no other name. There's, there's no other name by where you can be saved. None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is exclusive. The way of heaven is, is very narrow. Jesus even describes it in Matthew chapter 7. I want you to turn there. Matthew 7, verse 13. 
we're going to be jumping around a lot. I know this is a topical message, but that's the best way I know how to answer the question. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. There's a very big door, a very big way to destruction, the Bible says. Verse 14, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There are going to be less people that find Jesus than that don't. This is very serious. It's terrible, actually. It's, it's just uh, it's very difficult. The, the way to heaven is narrow. It's so narrow that it's, it's singular through Christ alone. We have to know that. We have to know the Bible teaches that. The question is, why? Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? Why can't there be some other way? Why can't it be that if just somebody believes what they believe and they, they try their very best, why can't that do it? Why can't it be that somebody that grows up in another religion somewhere, why, why can't they gain access to heaven? Why? Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? I want you to look at something found in Hebrews chapter 9. If you're taking notes, uh, there's a few things we need to know to answer the question. The first thing I want to point out, number one, is that man's sinfulness requires a blood sacrifice. Man's sinfulness requires a blood sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. <coughs> the Bible says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Pastor Dave referenced this this morning when we took communion. Uh, the fact that there is no forgiveness. That, that God, the way that God set this up is that Forgiveness of sin comes through shedding of blood. That's, that's what he requires. Verse 23 says, It was therefore necessary, it was needed, that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. It's talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the fact that He didn't go back into a tabernacle or a temple made with hands to, to offer His blood, but He offered it in the presence of God. Verse 25, Nor yet that He should offer Himself often, meaning Jesus doesn't have to go and offer Himself as a sacrifice more than one time, as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once, in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. God set it up this way that sin had to be paid for. And if it was going to be forgiven, there was a blood sacrifice that was needed. And Jesus offered himself before God, his own blood, one time to put away the sin of the world. In verse 27, the Bible says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. 
So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Listen, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. That's the way God set it up. I didn't make the rules. God makes the rules. And He requires a blood sacrifice. And Jesus Christ offered Himself as that blood sacrifice. Here's point number two we need to know. Not only does sin for forgiveness require a blood sacrifice, but Jesus is uniquely qualified. It's a very important phrase. Uniquely qualified to satisfy God's wrath and die in our place. I want to be very specific about what I say. Jesus is uniquely qualified. When you talk about qualifications, those are standards to measure up, you know. Uh, you ever uh, look for a job online? Anyone ever do that? Or you look for a job in the newspaper, maybe? Uh, however you do that, look for a job somewhere. And uh, they have qualifications, right? If you don't meet those qualifications, you, you don't get the job. You have to, have to measure up. There are certain qualifications needed for someone to measure up to be able to be a sacrifice for your sin. There are certain qualifications. Uh, God's wrath, we already learned last week, is abiding on those that don't believe. It's already abiding on them. God, they are already in judgment. And God's wrath needed to be satisfied. Uh, Here's something about Jesus. Jesus is the only person without sin. The only one. That makes Him special. Makes Him unique, different than all the others. Uh, There's no other religious leader in all of time that ever was without sin. Uh, not the Virgin Mary either. Uh, Jesus is uniquely qualified because He's without sin. Hebrews 4.15, you can flip back a few pages from where you were. Hebrews 4, verse 15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, meaning Jesus understands your difficulties, but was in all points tempted like as we are, saying that Jesus, He experienced temptation. Temptation was in front of him, but the Bible says he was yet without sin. Does anyone know anyone that is perfect? No. We are all sinners. Every person in the history, uh, they're all, they all have sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sin. Sin requires a sacrifice, right? So let me ask you a question. Just see where you're at. Can a person pay for their own sin? No. Why not? We're not qualified. If we're not qualified, thank you. This is good, making the point. Great. Can a person pay for their own sin? I'm going to say, in a way, yes, you can. Eternally in hell is the only way you can pay for your sin. That's what it requires of you. But you can't escape that payment. You can't, you can't get out of that. You, it's required to pay. Nor can you pay for the sins of another person. Can a person work to gain the forgiveness and favor of God? No. no there's nothing we can do uh, to, to gain God's favor. There's no, uh, you, you can't just do so many good deeds and and God will approve of you. It doesn't work that way. Titus 3.5 explains this very clearly. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Works of righteousness. Saying the right thing, doing the right thing, 
giving money, do, just being kind. It's not, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Incredible, but these are so important. For by grace, free gift, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. You can't save yourself from the punishment of your sin. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. No one is ever going to get to heaven and say, I did, and then make a list. It's not going to say, I went to this church. None of these things. Uh, there's nothing that you're going to be boasting about in heaven that you did to get you there. Uh, everyone is there by the grace of God, a gift that they received. That's what the Bible says. It's not of ourselves. Our sin must be paid for by someone who is sinless. All right? Our sin must be paid for by someone who is sinless, qualified. That's Jesus Christ alone. Uh, something else about Jesus. Uh, I want you to turn to John 1, 29. This is a concept that is so important. Who, who created everything? Just so we're on the same page. God did. Okay, who makes the rules? God makes the rules. All right, I, I'm just trying to be clear here that that uh, I'm not making the rules here. God set this up. Sometimes we want to question God and say, well, why'd you do it that way? Well, you don't get to, His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's why we ask the question, why? But we need to understand what information He did give us to, to, to get the answer to this question. In John 1.29, the Bible says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. He calls out and, and gives Jesus a, a title. He, he refers to Him as something. He says, Behold... The Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. There is no one else that has that role of the Lamb of God besides Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He is uniquely qualified as the Lamb of God. In Exodus chapter 12, we get this illustration of this, this Lamb at the Passover Exodus 12, and I'll read it. You don't have to look it up. Verse 5 says, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood, take of the blood, and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Skip down to verse 12. says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Judgment is coming. They were told to sacrifice a lamb. They were told to put his blood on the doorposts. And the blood, verse 13, shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This is a picture uh, the, the, the sacrifices that were made by the high priest yearly was a picture of a lamb that was coming. See, these were all temporary reminders. Like now we have reminders looking back uh, with communion. These were reminders looking forward that one day there was going to be a once and for all sacrifice, a lamb with pure blood, the one that could cover our sins. 
and wash our sin white as snow. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. There is no one ever that has blood that's able to wash your sin besides Jesus. He's special. 2 Corinthians 5.21 If you ever want to have a verse that's just so easy to explain the gospel, this is it right here. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For He, that's God, hath made Him, which is Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. There was someone perfect who knew no sin, that God said, I'm going to make him to be sin. I'm going I'm to take all the sin in the world of every person that's in this room, I'm going to place it on him, and I'm going to judge him so that all those people, if they trust in him, get to go free. They get to have his righteousness. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. There's this word that God uses, uh, this word propitiation. How many of you uh, use that word often? (laughs) We don't. Propitiation. This word means satisfaction. The idea, uh, we sing the song, the wrath of God is satisfied. That's the idea. That, that God is, He is holy. There is a punishment that needs to take place. There is a judgment that needs to happen. And Jesus, being uniquely qualified as the Lamb of God, as the spotless Lamb of God, He's sinless. He is the one that is the satisfaction of that wrath, that judgment. Someone needed to be judged, and Jesus stepped into that place. He took on that role as the propitiation. I want you to flip in your Bible to John chapter 3. I'm I'm throwing a lot of verses at you because I I want you to be crystal clear on this. I don't want want you to be confused, and I'm going to tell you why here toward the end. A lot of you, I'm just repeating things that you've heard in the past, but this is so important. For every single person we talk to. In John chapter 3, we see another example of the exclusivity of this salvation in Christ, meaning there's only one way. John chapter 3, Jesus, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's a requirement to be born again, to see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born Again, uh, all right, so I have kids and I have a puppy. And, uh, you know, they don't like being told they cannot do something. You can't do it. 
uh, Graham, our youngest, he just, we're working on this. He just instantly changes. You tell him no, he's like uh, a little crazy man. And he just, uh, he doesn't like to be told he cannot. Cannot is, is binding. Cannot is, uh, it's restricting. It's, it's narrow. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Jesus, in John chapter 3, answering Nicodemus, says, Listen, you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You can't. There's no other way. You cannot do it. Jesus said, I am the way, the only way, the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. We have to understand Jesus never leaves room for other options. He is the only option. Are you with me on that? This is so foundational to what we believe. Being born again is a requirement. Nobody goes to heaven unless they're born again, okay? This is so important. In John chapter 3, just uh, jump down to verse 13. Um, and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. How do you have eternal life? Your belief. You believe in Jesus. Not just believe that He is. We know the Bible talks that you must believe that He died on the cross for your sins, according to the Scriptures. He died on the cross for your sins. He was buried, and He rose from the dead. The Bible says in verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. In the same passage, it says you must be born again. It gives the answer of how to be born again, and it is by believing that God's only begotten Son, this unique person, Jesus Christ, died on the cross, he was buried and rose from the dead. If you believe in him, you will have everlasting life. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We get it. I think we know it. I think we believe it. But the question is, why? Why, why, why? Here's the answer why. Uh, and then I want to explain kind of a response to this uh, in, in what it means for us today. Why is Jesus the only way to heaven? A little bit longer answer than last week, okay? God has provided one way for man's sin to be forgiven and grace to be received. That's why. He sacrificed His only Son, Jesus, as a once and for all payment for sin. Jesus is the only way because He said so. Because he said so. Uh, that's, that's the best answer that I can come up with. Uh, why is Jesus the only way? Because God didn't allow for any other options. Um, it's, it's not that we, we wish that everybody could be saved. Uh, there, there are pastors out there, false teacher pastors, but they, they, they just hope that, oh, love wins, right? That was a very controversial book a while back. The fact that everybody can, can be saved. At the end, it's all going to work out for everybody uh, but maybe better for the Christians, right? Uh, no, that's not the case. Jesus said, I am the way. There's only one way. Here's why this matters here today. This, this is something, and, and maybe you fight with this. Maybe you have friends that, 
uh, believe a different way or, or don't believe at all. Uh, they don't believe in God or maybe they've grown up Catholic or maybe they've grown up uh, in some other religion or they, they're, they're from another country and they've been born into uh, something completely different than what you believe. The thing is, if you believe there is more than one way to heaven and a right standing with God, then you do not believe Jesus. There is no room for Christians to believe and say, I, I am a follower of Christ. I, I believe Jesus Christ. I'm saved. But I also think that other people can be saved another way. You, you're not following Christ. You're following someone else because Jesus didn't leave room for that belief. Are you, you following me? Yes. Okay. If you believe there's more than one way to heaven and a right standing with God, then you do not believe Jesus. Salvation is exclusive to belief in Christ, and it is offered to all. It's so interesting that it's so very narrow. Only one way, only one way, only one way, but it's available to everybody. So how should we respond? How, how do we... Um, this is heavy stuff, okay? Nobody, you think about last week's lesson, no, nobody wants to think about hell. We, we don't. We, we, uh, at every funeral, you hope that every person had an opportunity at some point to be saved. And if, if they went to church one time, man, we just cling on to that hope that maybe they, maybe they trusted Christ. But that was as broad as the road. Uh, many go that way. Um, we don't want to think about hell. But it, the Bible is so clear it's a real place, and we have to decide are we going to ignore that truth or not, right? Uh, the Bible is also clear that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We, we can't just, ah, you know, I, I think my family's going to be okay, or I'll just let them, I'll, I'll just act like they're okay. We, we just can't. They, we have to be aware of the fact and, and live in light of this reality that Christ is the only way. How should we respond, number one? We must, must, must share the gospel. There's no other response. And uh, it's a lot easier. I, I said this last week. It's a lot easier just to forget that. Forget these truths about hell and Jesus being the only way. Man, we'll just come and have fun with our friends at church. We'll come to fellowships. We'll go out to eat together. We'll talk about sports. We'll get involved in politics. We'll do good things for people. And let's forget about these other truths about hell and Jesus is the only way. You know, um, We can't do that. We can't do that. It's just not, that is not what Christ is calling us to. We have to be those that share the gospel. It's got to be uh, the priority of what we're doing. Uh, we just can't ignore it uh, and, and be involved with all the churchy stuff. We, this, is, this is the stuff, okay? We must share the good news. Now, here's the second thing, second response here. We must reject false teaching. Matthew 24, verse 11 says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Uh, verse 24 says, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall grow and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Uh, there's a lot of deceit out there. You know, you know it. If it looks good and maybe they do good things, well, maybe, maybe they will be okay one day. Um, if people teach that there's any other way than Christ to get to heaven, they are false teachers. And they're leading people 
down a large way. There's only one narrow door, and it's Christ. You understand? Um, you know, the, there's questions about the Catholic Church. There's questions about other uh, denominations. If you add anything to salvation besides simple faith in Christ alone, that's, that's works. That's uh, working your way to heaven, and that's the way of every other religion. You do something good, so you gain favor from God. That's not the way it works, okay? Um, we have to reject false teaching. In uh, the book of Jude uh, 1, verse 3, says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. <clears throat> for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Just be careful. Be careful what you accept. Be careful what you embrace. Uh, we can love people but still understand that Jesus is exclusively the only way to heaven. Do you understand? We, we, don't, we don't hate people because we love everybody and want everybody to have that offer of salvation, but we can't just embrace all different teachings and religions because uh, they are deceiving people. It's deceitful, and we, we can't allow that. We need to earnestly contend for the faith. And uh, here's the third response here. We must be diligent to learn the truth. There are too many Christians that rely on Pastor Tony to teach them the Bible. You follow me? Now, this group probably isn't that group. I understand that this is, uh, you know, there's a group of, uh, of people on Sunday mornings, and you, you all see them, and we don't know their names. Uh, a lot of just, we have new people and people that just come on Sunday morning, and this is more of our core group. I get that. Um, but even us, we've got to know our Bible. Uh, you, you, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Who, the pastor? Who, the Sunday school teacher? No, that that's goes for everybody. Every Christian should study. You should look this stuff up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Pastor Tony's word for it. Study yourself. The Bible says that you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Truth is a matter of life and death. Okay, We've got two weeks, about one about hell, one about Jesus being the only way to heaven. That's the truth. We, we've got to stand on the truth. We've got to know the truth. And, and we've just got to, uh, to live that out and, and, and have that be a part of our life. So be diligent to learn the truth.